Hello and welcome to Storytime with Tom and Mike. I'm Tom. And that makes me Mike. You know, I'm often curious, like, I have noticed with this recording suite, not my mic, not my, not my interface. This was happening before all that. But with Zoom, when you go really high octave, yeah, it drops out like it doesn't pick it up or it doesn't oh, process it man. or something. I don't know if that's the case, though, because remember the time we had Brandon on and I started singing and I just completely crapped out and turned to. Yeah, nothing. yeah, I do. I do. Well, I don't know. You didn't do that for me. So I just I'm curious whether or not that'll pick up on the record or if I'll have to. Hmm. Well, I mean, obviously, we're talking about it. So people figure, oh, Mike did a yell and we couldn't hear it. Oh, no. We're Tom and Mike's audience. My <laughs> name is Alan. Yeah, I like to think that they have a specific uh, timbre and tenor to their voice. Yeah, they all sound like this. Oh, um, hi. Yeah, so did you guys listen to the last episode of Tom and Mike? <laughs> Yours is a little more nasally and congested um, than yeah. mine. Well, you know, because it's cold and flu season right now. That's right. So i got to kind of go to the nasally way of doing things. Oh, oh, you gotta, yeah. oh man, I loosened yeah. some phlegm up when I did that. Oh, yeah? When you snorted? You, did yeah. you snort for effect, or did you snort because no, I, you needed I did it by accident to be... I mean, it was it an worked. autonomous thing, yeah. I didn't yeah, do it, it on purpose. An autonomous thing. Uh, <laughs> it's the right term, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is the right It is the right term. Yeah. You just don't think about it. Yeah, I didn't think I about it. I autonomously snorted. Yeah. Well, you do choose to snort to a certain degree. Like, it's almost automatic especially if you're not thinking about it. But, you know, when you're clogged up, it's like, it's just something you do passively. You know, you're aware that you're doing it, you're controlling it, but you're like, I got to do this or I'm going to rip my own throat out because it's <laughs> disgusting and I can't breathe. That's one of those things, like I started, uh, I, I had some quote unquote stuff go down the wrong way when I was mm. eating the other day. And I started like one of those things where you cough like uncontrollably because you're, you're gagging. Uh -huh. from the thing going down the wrong way and then for the next 20 minutes you're just randomly coughing like mm -hmm. sometimes and you can't stop it oh i fucking hate that the worst though is when you like you're you're eating something you inhale it and then it kind of gets stuck and you have to cough and then for like mm -hmm. the next five minutes you're like <clears throat> like that the whole time because you're like your throat has closed up in in like like protest i guess and you're like, hey, throat, I kind of need you to breathe. Please cooperate with me. I almost sounded like a very boring version of walking there. Hey, throat, I Hello. need you to breathe. I need to breathe. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Yours is, you're getting better. I know. I'm, I've been working on the timing. I really have. Because like, that's the, the big timing. thing. Yes. Yeah. It's not, well, I mean, it's hard to get that gravelly voice but but i mean if you can get the timing you're already mostly there uh, yeah and like well i was inspired because you sent me that uh that link for walking I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for those maybe of think you, of a fucking universe like that that'd be insane it would and be awesome. so i mean so for like five minutes this comic <laughs> is a four panel comic and the first panel is is christopher walking in front of a car and it says fuck you i'm walking here fuck you i'm walking here you know, like that. And then it cuts over to the driver in the second one. He says, fuck you. I'm walking here. And then it cuts to the third one. And it's a whole bunch of walk-ins walking around and all saying the same thing. 
And then it cuts over the fourth one, and it's some guy coming out of a server room, and it says, "Sir, the Christopher, the Christopher Universe, Universe, or the Christopher Walken Universe uh, simulation is on fire again." He's like, "Why does this keep happening?" And <laughs> it's, you know, the idea that someone somewhere, like at Cambridge University or Berkeley, UC, or somewhere, has a setup like a server set up to simulate an all walk-in world is amusing to me. That reminds me, there's a Family Guy uh, episode where it was like, I think fans wrote in and they answered questions or it was fan written episodes. No, I think it was fans wrote in and they, and they were answering stuff. Maybe, I don't fucking know. Either way. And what, they really like edited it to, they wrote it to, to answer the questions? or uh, You know, I think it must have been fan written. But anyway, uh, Peter has a magic touch like Midas but he turns everybody into Robin Williams. Oh my god. And so yeah. <laughs> the episode is that part of the episode is not very long but it reminded me of that. You know because it was like all the different kinds of Robin Williams like it was you know him from Dead Poet Society and him from Mrs. Doubtfire and him from Jumanji and him from you know uh I don't know some other fucking movie he was in. Yeah. Yeah. What's the one where he was like Hook? One hour good. photo. <laughs> yeah, like all of these different Robin Williams and like everybody turned into that. And like he goes to he touches his legs and his legs became two Robin Williams that were talking to him and he falls <laughs> off a cliff and he touches a rock as he hits the ground and the rock turns into Mrs. Doubtfire and he basically lands oh, on her oh, soft no. body and survives because he tries to kill himself and he can't. Yeah, uh, it's actually it's actually pretty goddamn funny for being a short bit of something that would most likely in a much longer format, be super annoying. Well, you know, there is something because, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of like, like a lot of those shows, like, like, it's not that I don't like them. It's just that I have to be in the right mood to like, like Family Guy or yeah, Bob's Burgers is probably the only show like the, the only cartoon sitcom that's currently out that I will sit and watch. And I don't I don't get annoyed by it. Like it doesn't it doesn't turn into something that makes me go, oh, Jesus. Uh, you know, like I was, family guy and like American dad both do that to me where I'm like, all right, I feel like they've done this a million fucking times. I, I feel old. the same way with, uh, with about uh, Bo, uh, Bojack Horseman, but I still have to be in the right mood for it because what started out as a comedy show by season three turns into this harrowing drama about like intergenerational trauma. It's very good. It's still funny, but it's so dramatic and at times it's like okay i can only one i can't marathon the show anymore like i was for a while but mm -hmm. the shows the episodes are so heavy you really need like a week to just process them and think about what you just saw <laughs> i haven't really I haven't, interesting yeah. for a cartoon horse well i showed you that episode and you yeah, seem to yeah. like no it, no no i say i haven't gotten to that point yet where it got to the uh, uh like you know craziness like that to be honest i haven't really watched that much of it but I haven't really watched a lot of TV period recently. Mm -hmm. Like when there's been games on, I've been watching games. And yeah, other than that, I've been either, you know, goofing around or or reading stuff or watching. Dude, I've been like binge watching, not on the television, but on my phone, binge watching like history, weird history videos. Yeah. Well, I've got a great topic about that. Uh, Jennifer uh, said to me yesterday, have you ever heard of Sergeant Reckless? And I was like, she listens to podcasts. Throughout. It sounds like a low rent superhero. It well, it does, but when you hear about what it actually is, you're going to be pretty amazed. But 
So Jennifer watches or listens to a lot of podcasts throughout the day when she's not on the phone at work or when she's in, in the evening when she's just hanging out and playing games on her phone or whatever. She's listening to podcasts and the majority of them are like history podcasts and stuff. And today or yesterday, she told me about something, a horse called Sergeant Reckless. So Sergeant Reckless was a horse commissioned or yeah, commissioned. No, it wasn't commissioned because it was considered an NCO, but uh, it was it was commissioned. I guess you could say non-commissioned. There we go. By the it was a non-com uh, horse by the United States Marine Corps in the 1950s during the Korean War to help them carry uh, these mortar rounds up a hill because the soldiers, those Marines themselves could only manage to carry like the strongest of them could carry two or three of these things because they weighed like 50, 60 pounds a piece. Well, the horse could and carry- And Marines were known for having skinny little pussies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lift this. My noodle arms won't let me. Can I go back on this ship? It's Jerry Lewis. <laughs> hey, lady, I can't lift things. Um, yeah, yeah, because Marines are, are definitely well known for being weak. <laughs> but yeah, so this horse could take like 50 of them up at a time. And so they were like, yeah, you know, we love this horse. So I wanted to read you a little bit about this horse so that you can help me celebrate its life, her, her, her life. So this is from SergeantReckless.com. That's Sergeant spelled S-G-T and Reckless is R-E-C-K-L-E-S-S, if you didn't already know. She wasn't a horse. I thought it was a W-R-E-C-K, like car wreck. Oh, really? No, I didn't. Okay, I mean, some people might think that. Not everyone knows how to spell reckless, Mike. We have to be, we have to honor our, well, our non- well, four more people do now. Well, yes. Yes, the four right. more people who, okay. Semper Reckless. The story of Reckless is not only remarkable, it is unusual. And once you learn about her, you will see why the Marine Corps not only fell in love with her, but honored her and promoted her every chance that they got. As she wasn't, and it wasn't just the Marines that served with her in the trenches that honored her. Her last promotion to staff sergeant was by General Randolph McSee uh, Pate, the commandant of the entire Marine Corps. You can't get any higher than that in the Marines. Reckless was born in June 1948 uh, in South Korea. <laughs> 1984. He was born in 1984, but served the Marines in the 1950s. She, she was a well. She was uh, truly she, reckless. Truly reckless time traveling horse. Uh, her uh, owner Kim Hook Moon named her Achim Hai or Flame of the Morning because of her beautiful blaze. She was bred to be a racehorse, but never had the chance to race because of the Korean War that broke out in 1950 when she was only two years old. On October 26, 1952, Lieutenant Eric Pearson, commanding officer of the 75-millimeter Recoilus? Is it Recoilus or Recoilus? I have no fucking way. idea. Recoilless. I just know that I want to sing. Just call me angel of the morning, baby. Okay. Because the horse's name was Flame what? of the Morning. Flame of the Morning, yeah. Yeah, Angel of the Morning. Um, Yeah, 75 millimeter Recoilless Rifle Platoon, 5th Marines, went to the Seoul, Seoul racehorse, race course looking for a pack animal to help his men carry ammunition over the rugged terrain of South Korea. Peterson paid $250 of his own money for her, which in the 1950s had to be what thousands of dollars, right? 
I would think probably, I don't know, I'm going to say $5,000. That sounds reasonable. We could yeah. probably do the math, but let's just say it was around ah, five grand. Because that's about right for a, a horse today, I would think. Everything's true on the internet. The only reason Kim Huck Moon sold his beloved horse to the Marine was so he could buy an artificial leg for his older sister, Chung Soon, who lost her leg in a landmine accident. So that's nice. Um, yeah. And uh, Kim's the the landmine that undoubtedly was put there by either the Marines or their enemies, and therefore technically the Marines' fault in a way. Yeah, know? either the Marines or his own people, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know if he was North Korean or South Korean. I mean, yeah, yeah we don't know. I don't know that. I'm just saying that there there's a little there's a little maybe some blame question to be asked here, you know, as far as. Maybe they could have given him a little more for the horse, you know. But anyway, Kim's loss was the Marines gain. Why didn't he do a GoFundMe? Well, that was back then. They didn't have uh I mean they, they had Wi-Fi. That, right? Well, they had um, it, but no one had Wi-Fi in South Korea. All right. So it was like word of mouth GoFundMe yeah. in its yeah, you infancy. Had to, you had to go into like an internet cafe and it was really busy there. Really busy. I well, especially during wartime. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Well, was, signal rationing and everything. Well, remind hmm. remember they only had one in the whole country. It was it was it was called the 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 Wi-Fi, which no one knew what Wi-Fi was back then, but that's actually Korean for I thought it was Wi-Fi. Wifey. Well, yeah, but that might be how they pronounce it. But yeah, that's actually Korean for um, Internet Cafe, weirdly enough, which is very confusing today because you see a thing that says Wi-Fi. Like, do you have Wi-Fi or is it an Internet Cafe? And they go, yes. And then you get a frustrated yeah. when you leave. I, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking insanity. But anyway, back to it's the ridiculous. story of Sergeant it's Reckless. Absurd. Kim's loss was the Marine's gain. The men named her Reckless after the gun she carried the... Uh, ammo for and she quickly earned the love and respect of all the marines that served for reckless so maybe that's how you pronounce recoilless <laughs> the gun was called reckless it was a step up over old explody they used to have hey this is our gun broken <laughs> yeah this is good old reckless sometimes it hits its target and sometimes it don't <laughs> It was not only Reckless's heroics that endeared the Marines to her. It was her incredible antics off the battlefield. You will not, and I don't like this, but they say you will not believe her antics when she was being ignored or if she was hungry. Let's just say you never wanted to leave your food unattended. Well, tell me more. Don't just say I wouldn't believe it. Maybe I would. Try Yeah, me. yeah. If it's so unbelievable, I think they maybe want me to share it. I think you have to watch a video or do something like that. I was going to say, you have to donate, and then they're like, by the way, these are the unbelievable things. Yeah, yeah. Like a horse eating human food because she's hungry? I, I don't really have a that's hard time not, believing that. Yeah, that's not amazing. As yeah. legendary as she was for her, her heroics, her appetite became even more legendary. This horse had a mind of her own, as horses are wont to do, not to mention a very being very determined. Also a horse-like trait. Reckless had a voracious, voracious appetite. She would eat anything and everything, but especially scrambled eggs and pancakes in the morning with her morning cup of coffee. She also <laughs> loved cake, Hershey bars, candy from the sea rations, and Coca-Cola, even poker chips, blankets, and hats when she was being ignored or if she was trying to prove a point. But one of her favorite pastimes was sharing a beer with her Marines after a hard day's work. One of the rec one of Reckless Reckless's finest hours came during the Battle of Outpost Vegas in March of 1953. At this time of the battle, it was written that the savagery of the battle for the so-called Nevada complex has never been equaled in Marine Corps history. 
This particular battle was to bring a Canadian and bombing seldom experienced in warfare. 28 tons of bombs and hundreds of shells turned the crest of Vegas into a smoking, death-pocked rubble, and Reckless was in the middle of it all. Enemy soldiers could see her as she made her way across the deadly no-man's-land rice paddies and up the steep 45-degree mountain trails that led to the firing sites. It's difficult to describe the elation and boost in morale that was that little white-faced mare gave Marines as she outfoxed the enemy, bringing vitally needed ammunition up the mountain, <laughs> said Sergeant uh, Major James Bobbitt. Uh, during this five-day battle, on one day alone, she made 51 trips from the ammunition supply point to the firing sites, 95% of the time by herself. She carried 386 rounds of ammunition, over 9,000 pounds of ammunition, uh, walked 35 miles over open rice paddies and up steep mountains with enemy fire coming in at a rate of 500 rounds per minute. And Did you she... say that the guy who said its name was Bobbitt? Bobbitt. Okay, the, the grandfather of the famous famous my penis got cut off and thrown out the uh yeah. window of a moving car john yeah. wayne bobbit yeah yep. yep that would be interesting correct. yeah well that now you know correct. yeah it's well, just it a little side of the story it all fits together yeah. yeah that's why this guy isn't known for being a part of the the, the marine horse regiment well his nickname was Horsecock. Hmm. that makes sense other people knew him as arkansas but you know on, on the yeah. side if you're gonna get your dick cut <laughs> off it better be big I'm thinking that that is the most advantageous thing for you. Yeah, because it's going to be more surface area. It's going to be easier to put back well, on. Well, yeah, somebody right? notices a huge dong laying on the ground. Nobody notices a small penis laying on the ground. Nobody's like, oh, right. shit, there's a small penis laying there. They're like, oh, my God, look at the size of that cock. Oh, I thought it was a Vienna sausage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, nobody dropped Vienna sausages oftentimes not retrieved and or eaten by dogs. So uh, she she carries the stuff up the hill, as she so often did. She would carry wounded soldiers down the mountain to safety, unload them, get reloaded with ammo, and then she would go back up to the guns. She also provided a shield for several Marines who were trapped trying to make their way up to the front line. Wounded twice, she didn't let that stop her or slow her down. What she did in this battle not only earned her the respect of all, the, all that served with her, but she got promoted to sergeant. Her heroics defined the word of Marine. She was beloved by the Marines. They took care of her better than they took care of themselves, throwing their flak jackets over her to protect her when incoming was heavy, risking their own safety. She was promoted to the rank of sergeant while still in Korea on April 10th, 1954, and then twice to sergeant command, and then twice to staff sergeant at Camp Pendleton. Her last promotion was by the uh, commandant of the Marine Corps, General Randolph McCall Pate. Wait, she was... She was, this is written weirdly, twice to staff sergeant. So what, did she get demoted and come back up to staff sergeant? I don't know. Is there more than one degree of staff sergeant? No. I, w- not, I wouldn't know not, that. Not in the I Marines. Mean, I have no idea. Not in any of, I don't believe so. I wasn't a Marine, but I had to study all the ranks. Maybe from, in the horse ranks, it's maybe. different. Yeah, there's a staff sergeant and a staff staff sergeant. Yeah, it's like Staff Sergeant Grade 1 and is right. like the highest of the two. Because then you're like, oh, well. You're a Staff Sergeant First yeah. Class. There yes. you go. Staff Sergeant First Class. There we go. It's an E four and a, five and a half. Six and a half. <laughs> six and a half. Well, I don't know. That that would be the Army story. Be six and a half. You're an E six and a half. Which means that you get a little extra money and uh, <laughs> your 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 extra little little dangly thing on your on your uh, your uh, what is it sweet. for that chevron that's sweet 
Uh, Sergeant Reckless retired on November 10th, 1960 and died on May 13th, 1968. She was brought, buried with full honors at Marine Camp, Marine Corps Base Camp Pendleton in Oceanside, California. Her military decorations include, this is crazy, two Purple Hearts, Good Conduct Medal. I don't know how you do that as a horse. Yeah, especially if you're eating other people's rations. Right. <laughs> Presidential Unit Citation with Star, National Defense Service Medal, Korean Service Medal, United Nations Service Medal, Navy Unit Commendation, and the Republic of Korea Presidential Unit Citation, all of which she proudly wore on her red and gold blanket, along with the French Fourage that the Fifth Marines were earned in World War II. The Fourage is one of those braided, like, ropes. ropes? Yeah, that, that sort of hang off the shoulder. Uh, other prestigious awards have been the British Medal, the PDSA Dickin Medal. Yep, that's right. Spelled D-I-K-D-I-C-K-I-N, Dickin Medal, known as the Victoria Cross for Animals. Reckless was awarded this in July of 2016. On November 14th, 2019, Sergeant Re Staff Sergeant Reckless was uh, awarded... The very first Animals in War and Peace Medal of Bravery on Capitol Hill in a ceremony honoring eight heroic animals that have served our country. These medals were presented by members of Congress. There are no offense to the horses, but and the other animals, didn't they have something better to fucking do? Right. No, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that because that's important yeah. to discuss. There yeah. are six national museum monuments to Staff Sergeant Reckless around the country. Um, we are working to get a movie made on this great story. Yeah, how come we've had fucking movies made about racehorses, but not right. about this not fucking horse, this which is amazing? Yeah, we need a movie about this horse for sure. But on yeah. that, on the note of all right, so yeah, what a brave animal. This animal didn't have a choice. You know what, though, while you were telling the story, as as I was being captivated by the artistry of the words, I imagined a horse with like a combat helmet on a cigar hanging out of her mouth mm -hmm. like barking orders and grabbing wounded guys and putting them on her own back and then slinking down the side of the mountain even though yeah. the horse is just doing horse stuff yeah just a horse. It's fucking like it, it paints a very vivid picture of an anthropomorphic horse yeah now not included in the article i just read but that jennifer told me was this horse well, there are a couple of stories the one is that this horse was trained on how to deal with the sound of this artillery cannon that they well, I would assume, yeah, that the horse would have to have been. Otherwise, they would have freaked the fuck out and tore right. off. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently the very first time they fired it, the horse jumped like eight feet in the air. Time, <laughs> and then time, promptly vomited. Yeah. And, yeah. And then the second time uh, she got really scared. The third time she flinched and the fourth time, no response at all because she was that battle hardened by these these horses like i'm dead inside you can't do anything yeah. scare me have you ever seen a horse with a ten thousand foot stare like this this would have been the one yeah it would yeah this is a hell of a horse yeah. this is a hell of a horse when there wasn't somebody standing ten thousand feet away with a bag of carrots yeah the only horse <laughs> that did that the other story that she told me was that apparently they had a party for her and she went inside the hotel up an elevator. The horse, or, the horse or Jennifer? I'm sorry. The ho the horse. Okay. Okay. Uh, the horse got on an elevator, which 
I can't even imagine a horse going into an elevator. But I, I can't guess- imagine an elevator large enough. Even the biggest of freight elevators that I've been in, I would think you would have a hard time fitting a full-size-ass horse well, they're, in. They're typically not designing these elevators based on the need for a horse to ride. Yeah, on. there is like, like we measure vehicle power and horsepower, but we do not measure elevators in horse length or width. Right. That's, that's three horse widths. Right. And how many horse, <laughs> how many horsepower does it require to lift a horse? A bunch. <laughs> A bunch, right? Like, what's the maximum weight on your average elevator? Like, if you look at it, it's like 2,500 pounds or something. How many like ridiculous that. things could you measure by horse? I like, know. Like, could you imagine, like, if cooking directions were like in horse spoons? Yeah. Or like, you know, like your, your shoes were in horse size or, yeah. or, you know, condoms. What size are you after there? Um, I'll take the uh, the quarter horse. Uh, I'll take a stallion. You know, like it, right. Like, how would that shit work out? That's fucking hilarious to think about things being measured in weird ways. Like, uh, I'm gonna need three uh, dog spoons of, you know, cream, and then I'm gonna need a horse spoon of, yeah. uh, you know, cheese. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. How how many? How how much uh, do you need of like decking plywood? Uh, I'm gonna say eight horse legs worth. Yeah. Give me uh you know what? No, no, no. I'm gonna change that. Um 35 and end cats. Yeah, and that's cats. better. <laughs> An unspecified number of cats. <laughs> and cats become the currency. Oh, that's fucking funny. Well, you 14, had... 14 sparrows worth. <laughs> 14, 14 sparrows and a badger. <laughs> I don't know if you've watched the news today or not, and this obviously is going to be a week old by the time anybody listens to it. But did you see that there was a a person killed by a fucking uh, I don't remember if it was a Bob's Big Boy or something like that, like one of those kind of restaurants by the sign. Really? Not the big. Hold on, hold on. The sign. Like the, the big, big lit up sign that that okay. would tell you, hey, yeah. you're at you're at this place. I don't remember I, what the restaurant was, you know, some well, waffle house, or yeah. I don't have any idea. I was I picturing, I was picturing like Bob's Big Boy used to have those big statues. <laughs> and I, was I don't know. That's like how hard it would be to get killed by one of those. Well, I see. Maybe it was like a, a fucking Five Nights at Freddy's thing where it comes to life. Mm. So they weren't killed by it so much as murdered. Yeah, like, uh, like, oh, well, uh, there was a tornado and it got lifted off the ground and, and you know, landed on. What actually happened was there was high winds where this happened at. And uh, a 72 year old woman was apparently crushed in the back of a car Jeez. by it. And two other people were injured. Like I saw the picture of the car and it was like front end of car with driver's side and passenger side door and then crushed metal. Was wow. all that it was. Like the sign fell off because it was so windy and bam, right on a car. She's pissed off. Gotta be a fucking terrible way to go. Well, I but mean, I wonder, I wonder, that, was it when she, they were first showing up or did she get to eat first? That was gonna be my question. Is yeah, yeah, did she did she have the grand slam or was she still hungry? I don't, don't know. Like if in, she was hungry, that's terrible. That's like yeah, the worst. You don't want to go into yeah, you don't want to go into the afterlife hangry. That's just not no. good. You got a I mean, lot, yeah. enough shit to worry about. You're like, gotta watch my funeral. I gotta look at all my loved ones and not be able to talk to them. I need to, I don't know, maybe try to 
go someplace and pick up a quarter like they did in, um, you know, Ghost. Like I, I have a couple. I have like a bucket list of stuff to do when That's I. That's uh, that was a thing from Ghost. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. To be honest, <laughs> I, I know what it is i'm not saying i don't know what it is but i don't think i've ever actually i know that i've seen the pottery scene mm-hmm. because that's obviously scene. it was like an iconic thing and and everybody mocked it relentlessly in the 90s but i don't think i've ever seen the rest of the movie it's okay there's a scene hmm. where uh patrick swayze's character meets this other ghost on a subway and this and he and the ghost the other ghost is like would you stop bothering me he's like you're the only one who can see me i need your help and he's like all right well you know he he teaches him like how to affect objects like coins and things well naturally you need another ghost to show you that that stuff and that's something that's imperative that they see that people see too oh for sure yeah you need to understand there's a whole support network for ghosts like is there a ghost college or is there like ghost men tours or i think there's a ghost correspondence course i think that's how you well there there is yeah there is a ghost mail-in correspondence course um which takes you slightly longer and they are real dicks about not sending you the stuff if your payments are uh at all Mm -hmm. you know and and, and again uh, the currency the currency for ghosts is cats again so this uh, you know uh cats with um uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Okay. I totally crapped. I totally crapped out on that one. Hmm. Like my brain just went blank. I almost said raccoon turds. I don't know <laughs> why I was said raccoon turds, but you know, sometimes when, when my mind starts to go blank, I have a tendency to think about raccoons. So it's okay. just the way my brain works. Well, now yeah. I'm thinking about raccoons, which is confusing. Fucking trash pandas. Yeah. Yeah. My my parents have uh, a family of them that live over at their house, and they also have uh, the outdoor cat that I've mentioned before. And she has food and water that are out all the time. And uh, unless you know, there's some extenuating circumstance, like when they were having babies, they weren't leaving their uh, den mm-hmm. a lot. So there was like a period of time where they weren't doing it, but the rest of the time, it's like all bets are off. They bathe in the fucking water dish. And they eat all the cat's hard food and soft food like it's left over. <laughs> My mom uh, is feeding the feral raccoon population. So now, they all come there. Now, when I think about this, this tragic event that took place, um, one of the first things I think is that's some faces or final destination shit where yeah. like death with with malice, you know, like not just death, not just you die, but you fuck you in particular, you die. It's like, yeah, it's like uh, fish getting struck by lightning in the ocean. Fuck that particular fish right there. Yeah, specifically. God itself hates you. Now, I mean. I, oh, did you hear about what happened to Jeremy Renner? Yeah, I heard about what happened to Jeremy Renner a while ago. That was, that was probably a couple weeks back where he was plowing the snow and got out of his like ridiculously large snow cat apparatus, mm-hmm. which no homeowner has, but he right. did because he's, he's Jeremy fucking Renner. Right. Exactly. You know, Hurt Locker and the Avengers and so forth. Right. Um, but Hurt Locker, by the way, uh, is I don't know if you're into war movies, is a fucking great movie. Hurt Locker is an app description for his, the rest of his life right now. I thought, I thought he completely recovered. Apparently, he had to lose his legs. What? 
Hold on. Let's look at it. It's time to look it up. It's I, you might, you might Google. just be right. I saw Jeremy Renner's name in the headlines yesterday. I assumed it was because he got out of the hospital. But yeah, he got run over by this giant fucking Arctic cat snow removing apparatus uh, because presumably he didn't put it in park or take it out of gear or whatever the case was. All right. And uh, from Cinema from CinemaBlend.com, two days ago, Insider claims Jeremy Renner's Injuries were much worse than anyone knows. Um, he almost died out there. The right side of his chest was crushed. His upper torso yeah. had collapsed. He also had a bed who went a bad head wound. I must have a head wound because I can't fucking read. Yeah, I read uh, all that stuff. And he was bleeding in a leg injury. Uh, the word for the damage to Jeremy's chest was so substantial. It had to be reconstructed in surgery. So far, he's had two surgeries. And will likely require more in the weeks ahead on his leg. Doctors tend to space out operations to allow time for the body's healing process to kick in. And that's the case here. So, well, I guess he's on his road to recovery. I don't know if he's ever going to be the same again. I mean, something like that. Just the PTSD yeah. alone. Usually that uh, that kind of stuff. Lasting effects. Mm -hmm. End well, of story. Physiological you know. and psychological, yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah, he's going to require a lot of therapy on a lot of different levels to recover from this. And I mean, he may still act, uh, you know, uh, but he's never going to be a, uh, he's never going to be, you know, whatever the fuck his character in Avengers was. The Arrow? He's not Arrow. What the fuck was his character's name? I don't remember, but I do remember that he shot. It wasn't Cupid. I know he shot a bow and arrow, though. Yeah. <laughs> it was Cupid. Yeah unimportant side character who didn't get his own movie i yeah i can't remember what the name of hawkeye hawkeye that's why didn't he get a movie i no fucking idea i thought probably, he was an interesting probably too character. late now uh a little bit yeah i mean i'm sure with the the uh technology that they have they could you know could, probably figure out a way to do it no and it they would could be definitely do it It'd you know it would be believable to watch but i mean i i feel for the guy i did when i read the story i was like i i you know, there's not a lot of Hollywood people that I read stories about and go, oh, man, I actually I like, you know, I like Jeremy Renner. I think, you know, well, he's done a lot of good stuff. He couldn't be in a more advantageous time in history for that kind of a career breaking move. If he decides he wants to continue acting, he could easily still be an action hero. All you need to do is you get a body double like a fucking anybody you get fucking uh fit like a, a fucking uh stunt person to do it mm -hmm. right and then they just wear a tracking thing over their face all the stuff gets tracked in from video capture done of the actor performing it'd be a little awkward but you know what it wouldn't be as awkward as it was 10 years ago or five years ago or even two years ago so uh, it could be done. He any any uh, actor. I mean, at this point, you're getting so good with deep fakes that we could resurrect old actors. Easy. I watched a guy's thing with deep fakes recently, where he got the software that people use for it and left it render for like a fucking week, and the outcome was amazing. Oh yeah, like uh, it looked fucking real. I saw an incredible, now it looked choppy and, and stuff, but obviously they didn't spend a week rendering. Mm -hmm. But I yeah, saw they, this. Well, because he said that like the equation was the longer you let it go, the better it is because it has more time to, to render stuff. And he like after 24 hours, it looked choppy and was weird. 
would, would pass for something you or I would do probably just mm-hmm. for fun. Mm-hmm. But um, like he left to go for like a week and it was fucking like ridiculous. Now imagine someone with the money, with the, with the kind of money and the kind of benefit to producing that kind of content could do with it. Right. Well, I mean, well, even, even the, the right equipment. Yeah. Like time Warner wants to do a, a documentary hosted by the late great. Um, I can't think of anyone, but, but Vincent yeah. Price. Vincent Price. There you go. He wants to do a, a thing about Houston Price, Vincent Price. And so they, they do all the tech and everything and they get it and they put it out. Well, they want it to be as realistic as possible. They can afford to put a fucking supercomputer on the job and, and which would and render do it. it from, and, yeah. <laughs> right. And then render it in a month. But yeah, yeah. As computers continue to get faster and tech continues to get better, these things are only going to improve. But as I was saying, I saw this amazing thing posted on Facebook. It was like this guy in a robe and a mask, and he's talking to Joe Biden, uh, Kim Jong-un, and um, Vladimir Putin. And he's basically like giving them their agenda. And at one point, Biden's like, could you just please stop having me make all these mistakes? I look like an idiot. He's like, well, you do it pretty naturally. I mean, no one would know it was a performance. Like, I'll think about it. And then... (laughs) So they're doing all this, and at the end, uh, the mask falls off, and it's Elon Musk, and he goes, "Oh, this this is awkward." Um, well, <laughs> yeah, the them. guy that did the thing did Elon Musk, uh, like, may turn himself into Elon Musk. It's funny that that seems to be a pretty common topic in that. Well, I mean, he is like a Bond villain, right? Eh, more or less. I mean, I mean, in, uh, even in appearance. I mean, his name for fuck's sake, Elon Musk. He sounds like a Bond villain. Elon Musk sounds like something that a skunk would leave behind. Yeah. Oh, what's that smell? That's the Elon Musk from the skunk. Yeah. You know, like, you're like, oh, okay. No, no surprise there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you said, yeah. Uh, hmm. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about, I'm sort of processing it verbally. I don't know why I'm processing it verbally, but I am thinking about, yeah, like, Elon Musk sounds like something you'd buy at really expensive perfume counter at like Macy's like, or a product what, for what rejuvenating leather. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm using Elon Musk. Yeah. Oh really? Oh wow. Yeah. It really binds the, the, the proteins and the leather and it just and it brought just the shine right it. back. Yeah. It just, all it does, it just, it just layers it down and it smooths out and it, really picks up that pop coincidentally a couple dabs behind the ears amazing cologne and it took the stink out of my athletic equipment yeah don't elon musk don't put it on your balls (laughs) elon musk find your own use for it Uh, the review for Nair on uh, Amazon, I believe it might be on Amazon. If you have a chance to look up Nair, the hair remover, I guarantee you that the review is still there. And it's probably one of the best ones, like most helpful, where a guy did like a review of when he put Nair on his balls. It's fucking hilarious. Well, we're just going to have to look for it right now. Yeah, it's it's golden. Is there a specific product I should be looking for? Just Nair? Nair. Yeah, Nair hair remover. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. There's like 500 Nair products on here. I don't know. It might be the original. I have no, I have no fucking idea. All right. How about this? I'm going to just Google Amazon 
Nair review. Funny. There we go. A warning from across the pond. Ooh, that's hard to read. Wow, I need to bring the... I'm so getting so old. Yeah, um, you know, I come to think of it, it might be from somebody across the pond because I believe they use the word, the term bellend. And that's not something that people use here. Well, here we go. A warning from across the pond by A. Chappelle, reviewed in the United States on July 3rd, 2012. After having told my danglies, after having been told my danglies looked a bit like an elderly, elderly Rastafarian, I decided to take the plunge and buy some of this previous, <laughs> as previous shaving attempts had only been mildly successful and I nearly put my back out trying to reach the more difficult bits. Being a bit of a romantic, I thought it would, I would do the deed on the missus birthday as a bit of a treat. I ordered it well in advance and working in the North Sea, I considered myself a bit above some of the characters writing in the previous reviews and wrote them off as soft office types. Oh, my fellow sufferers, how wrong I was. I waited until the other half was tucked up in bed. And after giving some vague hints about a special surprise, I went down to the bathroom. Initially, all went well, and I applied the gel and stood <laughs> waiting for something to happen. I didn't have long to wait. At first, there was a gentle warmth in which a matter of seconds was replaced by an intense burning and a feeling I can only describe as having been given a barb given a barbed wire wedgie by two people intent on hitting the ceiling fan with my head. <laughs> really, this guy's great. We need to get Dude, this guy. It's, on. it's well written. Yeah, we need to get this guy on the show. Religion hadn't featured much into my life until that night, but I suddenly became willing to convert to any religion to stop the violent burning around the turd tunnel uh, and what seemed like the destruction of the meat and two veg. Struggling not to bite through my own bottom lip, I tried to wash the gel in the sink, and I only succeeded in blocking the plug hole with a mat of hair. <laughs> through the day, oh my God, through the haze of tears, I struggled in the, out of the bathroom, across the hall, and into the kitchen by this time. Walking was not really possible, and I crawled the final yard to the fridge in hope of some form of cold relief. I yanked the freezer drawer out and found a tub of ice cream, tore the lid open, and positioned it under me. The relief was fantastic, but only temporary as it felt in tone. God, this is gross. Melted, <laughs> fairly, melted fairly quickly, and the firing stabbing soon returned. Due to the shape of the ice cream tub, I hadn't managed to give it the starfish any treatment, and I groped around in the drawer for something else. <laughs> I was sure my vision was going to fail fairly soon. I grabbed a bag of what later turned out to be frozen sprouts and tore it open, trying to be as quiet as I did so. Uh, I took a handful of them and tried in vain to clench some between my cheeks and my arse. This was not doing the trick as some of them, the gel had found its way into my chutney channel and it felt like the space <laughs> shuttle was running its engines behind me. This was probably and hopefully the, time, the only time in my life I was going to wish there was a gay snowman in the kitchen which could give me some idea. <laughs> so the idea of the depth I was willing to sink in order to ease the pain. A gay snow, snowman. <laughs> The only solution my pain-crazed mind could come up with was to gently ease one of the sprouts where no veg had gone before. Unfortunately, alerted by the strange grunts and coming from the kitchen, my other half chose that moment to come and investigate and was greeted the sight of me, arse in the air, strawberry ice cream dripping from my bell end, pushing a sprout at my arse while melting, muttering, oh, that feels good. <laughs> Understandably, this was a shock to her, and she let out a scream as I hadn't 
heard her come in and caused an invasibly involuntary spasm of shock in myself, which resulted in the sprout being ejected at some speed in her direction. I can understand that having a spark frowned against your leg at 11 at night in the kitchen probably wasn't a special surprise she was expecting and having to explain the next to the kids the next day what the strange hollow in the ice cream was didn't improve my status to, to sum it up v removes hair dignity and self-respect <laughs> you said instead of sprout farted you said spart frouted did i say spart frouted <laughs> which made spot it even you spied a spot frouted at me Oh, that might be the title right there if I can figure out how to spell it. Sprout Fouted. Spart Frouted. I believe that would just be S P A R T F R O U T E D. I think Frouted. Yeah. It should be F F R A U T H E D, I think. Frouted. Frouted. It's totally worth listening to it again. I've I've read that review numerous times and it fucking makes me laugh every time I read it because it's so masterfully written and you can imagine all those things as they're happening. You can visualize. There was this ridiculous, I wish I could remember what exactly it was because uh, it, it was so goddamn funny. But I don't know the search terms to use to find it. So it was like this um, person was talking about some show or product or toy or whatever. And it was a story about their cousin. And halfway through, it's like, and suddenly she was bouncing on my dick in the kitchen. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) It just goes weird so fast. And it has like 10,000 likes. And yeah, I wish I could find it. I wish I knew. Yeah, I don't know how you would look bouncing on my dick in the kitchen. Just search well, that. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, I found, because I typed in funny Amazon review, suddenly I was bouncing. And I found this the internet can't stop laughing at this disappointed customer's review of a giant inflatable ball on Amazon. Okay, so Amazon is selling a 12 foot inflatable. This is on boardpanda.com. Amazon is selling a 12-foot inflatable ball, and apparently some people are buying it, which is what happens with products. Yeah, like when, yeah, merchandise gets sold. Yes, that's how the market works. So this is a beach behemoth giant inflatable 12-foot pole-to-pole beach ball by Soul Coastal. And it is pictured next to a bad Photoshop picture of a man, and it's almost twice his height. Uh, The big ball. This guy gave it a two-star rating. Um, says a fun way to ruin a weekend and blow a hundred bucks. We took this ball to the beach, and after close to two hours to pump it up, we pushed it around for a, about ten fun-filled mo- moments. That was when the wind picked it up and sent it huddling down the beach at about forty knots, destroyed <laughs> everything in its path. Children screamed in terror at the giant inflatable monster that crushed their sandcastles. Grown men were knocked down trying to save their families. <laughs> faster it chased it the faster it rolled and it was like it was mocking us eventually we had to stop running because its path of injury and destruction was going to cost us a fortune in legal fees rumor has it that it could still <laughs> like, be- so we just let it fucking go <laughs> the rumor has it, it can still be seen stalking innocent families on the florida panhandle we lost it in south carolina so there is something to be said about its durability 
Cuba declares war on the United States after giant inflatable ball kills people on the beach. Oh my god. People love the air hilarious review and were quick to respond. Riffraff said no review has ever made me want to buy an item more. Cats and IT said live in panhandle hand panhandle can destroy, confirm this beast killed my family, uh, destroyed my home and forced me to withdraw all the money from my bank account at gunpoint. Uh, drone 42 <laughs> said South Carolina here. I saw it yesterday making its way up Catawba, uh, head for Lake Wiley. If any luck, it'll veer west and wipe out Gastonia. I fucking hate that place. <laughs> uh, even a fellow Sky, Skyler PC said, I have one of these. It only takes 20 minutes to blow up if you have an electric pump. Can confirm is fun and also a pain in the ass to control and store. Overall, I wish it was just a little bit taller. I wish it was a baller. I wish it had a good, a girl who looked good. It would call her. <laughs> nice. Nice throwback to some, some late 90s. Yeah, some late Steelo. 90s hip hop. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. I remember I did a video in college. Um, it was like a, just like this, I was supposed to be like a drug dealer. And I came up to my friend's house to harass him about my stuff. And uh, I pulled up my car for one of the shots. I pulled my car up against this, the, the curb and uh, I wanted to have a rap song playing. And that was the only rap song <laughs> I had. So you the can hear. most gangsta song I ever. Know. So you can hear. <laughs> Before the days of Spotify and everything, right? right? So right. you didn't have much choice if you didn't have a CD. Yeah, like I would love to remaster it and throw in Biggie because that's what belonged there. <laughs> but but instead, I had. I wish it was a baller. I wish I was a little bit tall. You know, like that shit. Um, gosh, what else? What else did we do? Oh, that's right, because it was me and this guy Bob I was friends with, and um, he pulls a water gun on me and shoots me, and we have this terrible sound effect that we used a like a like a like a a percussion hit on a keyboard, just goes like that, and then <laughs> I fall and roll over onto the ground. And uh, the guy who who edited it, who helped me edit it, Jonathan, um, put in um, High Hopes by Pink Floyd. The grass was greener. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it just worked. Visually, it worked very well. And nice. that was back in the day. And we didn't have like editing suites and shit. We had two VCRs stacked on top of each other and a microphone. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it was so time consuming and it came out like fourth generation quality by the time we were done with it. And then we would pass these tapes around to people. And I'm sure somewhere in someone's garage, there's uh, there is a tape cassette of me and my friends acting like stupid assholes. <laughs> I always worry because um my significant other and I taped ourselves having sex years ago, like when we, we lost were both tape. younger, lost yeah. the fucking, it was like one of those little cassettes that fit into the bigger VHS cassette and then would play in the VCR. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I have, I, I've cautioned my children. If you ever find a cassette or a video cassette tape, that's about the size of a cassette tape you put in the radio, which they're both aware of what that is. I'm like, don't fucking play it. <laughs> I'm like forever. My children are afraid of those things. Yeah. Like, oh God. What if I saw dad's bell end? 
it's terrible that it's terrible that you had to traumatize them in that way in order to prevent traumatizing them in a much more profound way. Well, I think one was definitely a good trade-off for the other. Yeah, I'll, yeah, no doubt, because that would be immeasurably worse. But it's still like you had to. You had to you had to inflict that psychic trauma on them to protect them. <sighs> yes. Yes, yes, I did. I was watching television before uh, I came up to record, as I, you know, am want to do most days. By the way, check it out, man. Until you're going with like a 90s thing here. I got the t-shirt with nice. the long sleeve shirt underneath. Is it a thermal? Uh, or is it just not, a regular tee? It's just it's just a regular long t-shirt. I have a thermal over in the other room, but it's green and I'm waiting to wear it on game day gotcha. for the Eagles, you know, because gotcha. it, it fits that. Gotcha. I, I well, I think both the t-shirt look and the 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 uh thermal look are both good. Yeah, but those are called the black on black, which is unusual. Usually it's too contrasting. Yeah, it would be it would be gray or something like that. Um, those shirts are actually called Henleys, by the way. Yeah. Yep, thermal. Yeah, I didn't know if you knew that or not. <clears throat> so I'm watching the television and a commercial came on for ancestry.com. You know, the one where like you can look through everybody that's ever lived in your family and stuff. And I wondered aloud and made myself laugh like an idiot. If there is a version of that in the South called incestry.com. <laughs> yeah. They just send you a rock. <laughs> they send you a rock and you just throw it and it, and it hits the first person it hits in your vicinity mm -hmm. is related to you yeah well i think uh there's a lot of that incest stuff going on and i've seen a shitload like lately and it's not because of stuff that i've been uh, i guess because i've been searching history videos mm -hmm. but they've been talking about the Habsburg jaw which is a um genetic abnormality that formed in the royal families of I want to say it was France or Spain from all the inbreeding where like this one King had like this huge deformed oh, jaw. Oh yeah. 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 It's called the Habsburg jaw. I was just talking about it the other day and I couldn't fucking remember what it was called, but then I, I opened up my YouTube and there was a recommendation for me to watch another video on it, which I already watched one. I don't think I need to keep watching these. Look at my fucking gigantic jutting chin. It's like, like Jay Leno on steroids. He sounds like a fighter. Like, ladies and gentlemen, the Habsburg Jaw now fighting. <laughs> out there, there Back when they used to do this. You know, like yeah. they were fighting with their fists pointed exactly. towards pugilism. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Five round, twelve rounds of unfettered pugilism between <laughs> what's his name? Was it Habsburg Jaw and, and the Frisco. Boston? And the Boston fist. And the Boston fist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Habsburg jaw. Yeah. It's, uh, that, that's been one that unfortunately has uh, been popping up a lot because apparently there's numerous, obviously, numerous videos made about that. And it's like, oh, yeah. we watched one. Do you know why? 300. Do you know why I think I thought of uh, the, the uh, fighter? It's because originally I, I, for some reason, my brain interpreted the Habsburg jaw as the Habsburg Jew, which is totally a 1920s name for somebody. 
right? Ah, it's the Habsburg Jew, which is terrible. But I'm saying in that time frame, that would be oh, not only acceptable, but the agent came up with it. And the, and the performer was like, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm the Habsburg Jew. I'll right. be quite an attraction in a town full of Catholics. Yeah. You know, it's funny. My brother and I were talking about this. You know, people really, truly talked like that back then. They had that voice. It was... <laughs> I was watching a video on on um, on the dialects of people in certain areas and how drastically they changed in the last, you know, 150 years between like the way people talked around the time of the Civil War. And there's actual mm-hmm. recordings still of people from those times mm-hmm. and the way that they would pronounce things. Uh, most of them were from the South, oddly enough. Um, but. The South or the Midwest, when the Midwest was just an up and coming thing, really, yeah, I guess. Like the Louisiana Purchase, really. Yeah, like and and it's amazing to to hear how much the dialect of the average what you would consider to be an average American accent, because it is an accent, even if you don't think it is, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, because if we talk to somebody from another region, they're gonna fucking know that we're not from wherever it is that they're from. Even well, even us here, like if I went down to uh, to Philly, I would definitely stick out because I don't talk like I would after I was there for a little while because I would assimilate, you know, the uh, the accent after a certain mm-hmm. point in time. But, you know, different parts of the state, even people talk with a totally different accent. Well, I mean, dialect is really weird because it's entirely con- it's entirely connected to hearing other people's voices, right? So the more secular, not secular, that's not the right word, insular, insular uh, the group is, the more um, the language shifts on its own because it's not being um, c- uh, connected to uh, uh, other other pockets of language, right? So if you've got a little group in the woods that the, only comes out to the, the week or out to the grocery store once a week, like, you know, like Amish or Mennonite farms, mm-hmm. Oh, they've got that really strong accent, don't they? But you know, anyone who's just you know living in that was in more Paris, Midwest than it was nah, Amish. It was but Midwest, I'll let it. I'll let it yeah. slide. I I don't do a good Amish, but but I I know plenty of people from the Midwest, so I can do the Midwest really well. So it's sort of <laughs> it, it works in a pinch. Um, but yeah, like you know, you've you've got then people who just live in like you know York or Pittsburgh or wherever. You know, they have like a city accent or a more urbane accent, a more urban accent, whatever the fuck, not urbane. I don't know what the fuck urbane even means. Um, I think it means like modern and whatever. But anyway, yeah, uh, they're just, yeah. And, and, and I think that your language, the way you speak is also somewhere somewhat affected by your sensibilities. Like some people are more slow and thoughtful in their communication while others are fast and snap, 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 you know, like a, a mm-hmm you know, quick with their delivery. I'd love to hear the people from back in the day like, oh my God, yes, absolutely. And I'm never oh going to believe this. Yeah, can you imagine just Tom and Mike, the the podcast from 1920? <laughs> you know. Say, Tom, I got a really good trick for you here. Are you ready to see it? <laughs> absolutely, Mike. Show me what uh, you got. Yes. No tricks here, but I will tell you that urbane means polite, refined, and often elegant manner. Ah, now you know. Now you know. Nobody knows the knowing half the battle from the 1920s. No, yeah, that why, wasn't and that's there. why I didn't say it. Yeah. And you know, I wanted to coin something. Knowing is half the battle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so uh, I just uh, like some so, some of the videos I've watched have been ridiculously interesting, and it was the ones like that that had to do with uh, with the way society's changed in the last. I mean, obviously, some of this looks very obvious, but uh, we would be completely fucking lost trying to have a conversation with somebody from um, you know from the 1890s, probably. Yeah, we'd be talking about stuff, and they'd be like. And they'd be saying stuff to us, and we'd be like, well, guys yeah. made the same face twice for those can't seem like what? Well, it would be like, yeah, idioms, you, you know, are only useful to the culture that it serves. Like uh, Salvatore often will 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 tell me about an idiom that's popular in Peru that doesn't even translate well into English. When he mm-hmm. says it, it sounds clumsy and stupid, he says, but rest assured, it means exactly what it means better than any other phrase or word could. And it's kind of, we have those idioms too. We have all kinds of stupid shit that we say, like that takes the cake. What the fuck does that mean? I've often wondered if my friend that moved to Australia 12 plus years ago, if he speaks with a noticeable Australian accent. Because I haven't ever, I've talked to him like, you know, voice to voice, you know, talked. I, we've, you know, text over, uh, over shit and messaged on Facebook and stuff. But I wonder. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, you should reach out and I should because I'm curious. And um, I forget what the other thing was I was going to say. My I just totally forgot. That was great. As you were saying, we're uh, having senior uh, moments more and more with every episode. You know that, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is, if I if I wrote shit down when I thought about it, like if I sat yeah. here with a notepad and wrote something down when I was like, oh, oh you know, you know. It's funny. I often think to myself that as I'm sitting in my office working or, or, or doing a podcast and thinking like, well, it'd be really disruptive to type in my notepad because my keyboard is loud as shit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I really should have a notepad and a pen in here. But I'm so digital in this room that having like a pen, I, I would just end up losing it. <laughs> be like. It's not digital enough. I need, you know, it, it. I set it aside. I have digital things to do here. Yeah, it's it's terrible. I have pencils sitting near my computer here, but that's because this is my sewing table. Also, I have a. I have <laughs> literally a, the only fucking reason that they're there. I have I have a, a sharpie, but I use that for writing on CDs. Because yes, I have an old ass car stereo that still takes uh, uh. music only CDs. CDs nuts. <laughs> oh, you got me. Bam. You know, I would love to sit here, wax philosophic about taking notes and the fact that we can't fucking remember things 90% of the time we're talking about them. Because I know what I was going to say. I, I chuckled to myself as I thought of it. And now nobody's going to know what the magic was. But uh, I can see that we are uh, out of time. So that's going to be a story for another time. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Tom and Mike. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed giving it to you. Giving it to you, like giving you the break from the gross shit we normally fucking talk about. Didn't do any of that today. No. Like literally, I don't think no. we did anything really particularly gross. So yeah, the you're grossest welcome. thing, the grossest yeah. thing was that review, and that wasn't really us. It wasn't really and it also wasn't really gross, it was just more funny than anything. Yeah. But uh hey, you're welcome, folks. It, this was this was a very PG episode fuckers bye